This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Hello and a very warm welcome to Homestar Radio. I'm your host Chris Hambling and I'll be guiding you through our review of a welcome win for Palace against Claude Puel's Southampton. Under fire, Alan Pardew made changes in personnel and tactics and the players rewarded him with a comfortable win to ease the pressure. Birthday boy Christian Benteke scored twice and James Tompkins grabbed the other in a 3-0 win at Selhurst Park with many commenting that a clean sheet was more important than the win. We'll have our views to give yours. Get in touch in all the usual ways. Go to holradio.net forward slash contact. Uh, you can tweet us at holradio. And of course, head to the chat room where I think Nick will be prowling. And that's holradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, and we'll be back with the analysis after this short message. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. That was very short, that message. Okay, I'm going to introduce my panel. We've had some technical issues and we seem to have lost Mr. Will Block, which is a shame. Uh, I'll have to try him another week. But we do have Mr. Albert Curley. Hello, Albert. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? That's, that's a difficult question. I haven't introduced the other. I can't. Anyway, hello, Lucy. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> that's also Lucy White. And of course, we have Mr. Nicholas Gillard as well. Hello, everybody. Uh, apologies for the noise in the background. The rest of the family have been consigned to the bedroom to play Monopoly, which isn't the quietest game in the world, is it? But uh, we, were, we were talking about that pre-show. It does often end in some form of violence and or death, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you have to go back to hotels, and that's noisy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very true, very true. So, obviously, we, we had a show last week where we spent quite a lot of time talking about how we're kind of, you know, we'd all had enough of Alan Pardew. So I think probably the, the best thing to do is to address that. It took uh, it took a lot of games for people, you know, on mass to kind of lose, you know, lose the sort of faith in the manager. And, and whilst we've had a good result, it is obviously the case that it will take more than one game for people to uh, to regain that faith. But look, for me, it was a, it was a really good step in, in the right direction. We'll be talking about all the reasons why I think that was. I'm sure some of the others uh, on the panel will be. Giving their opinions on to why uh, 
to why it just papers over the cracks, uh, so to speak. So, you know, it, I, I want to be positive, but of course, I'm sure that there'll be uh, there'll be opposing points of view. But guys, can we please start with the with the changes that Pardew promised? He said, in a very sort of uh, angry and uh, depressed press conference after the Swansea game, that he was hurting. It was quite obvious that he was, and that he was going to have to make changes. What did we think of the changes he made then, Albert? Uh, well, the, good, good changes, obviously, looking back at the result. Uh, at the time, I thought, when the team was announced, I, I put on Twitter, I, I was slightly hungover yesterday, it was my work Christmas party on Friday night, I couldn't quite work out from the list of names that was presented to me what the formation might be. I, I know there'd been talk of potentially going three at the back, and looking at the personnel selected, there was a sort of inkling in the back of my mind that might be what we were doing with Ward and Zaha maybe playing wing backs. Uh that obviously wasn't the case. And yeah, I mean Delaney coming in when I was on the preview show with Terence, you know, I said at least, you know, whatever happens, good or bad, Delaney will be throwing himself in front of anything he can get anywhere near to. And uh, that proved to be the case. And um I think that was one of the highlights of yesterday. So, you know, credit credit for bringing the changes. It was we talked a lot about the uh the fact that we felt that, that Pardew's mistake was taking the leadership out of the team. And we got that leadership back in, didn't we, Lucy, with Damo? We certainly did. And it's something that we've really, really been crying out for. Um, we It's the one thing um, that was, was missing quite severely. Um, and he was just fantastic yesterday. He, he, he led the team like they needed to be for so many weeks and it was so refreshing to see a change in all of them not just in Damo I mean the week before you know he'd been falling asleep um in his chair which is not really what you want to see from one of your team but he completely changed that and yeah he was immense yesterday they well they all were yeah, you're right. It was it was very much a, a strong team performance. We'll be going through the, the individual performances and also talking a little bit around the, the fact that you know Joe made a very good point about the about the team cohesion and about you know players defending for their lives. And we saw a lot of that back yesterday, which was really pleasing to see. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about that in, in a little while. But uh, initial thoughts from yourself, Nick, on a. Uh, on the changes that were made. Because, of course, obviously, just, just to go through them very, very quickly, James Tompkins came in at right back and Ward went to left back. Uh, Kelly out of the team, obviously, and bringing uh, Damien Delaney into that into that lineup. Uh, but really, we also saw defensively from the set pieces, Benteke was given nobody to mark this time. He was he was the sort of free man at the front post, if you like. Uh, so Pardew kind of made, rang the changes there. Uh, and it, it made a huge difference, didn't it? It, it, it did um, defensively, leaving Benteke kind of more free. Well, I think the biggest biggest change in the lineup was bringing Ledley in, because Ledley was in front of that back four, who seemed a bit more confident, and it gave Punchin and uh, the other the other sort of more attacking midfielders a chance to to roam forward without being worried too much, because they knew they had a, a solid rock in Ledley behind them. Yeah, I, I'll definitely give you that, but. I actually thought that the midfield worked really well together as as a three, as a unit, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Because because you had because it wasn't just. I mean, Ledley did do the screening job more often than not. You're absolutely right to pick that out. You know, in the past, you know, even myself, I'd called for him to be replaced by Kabai and said that you know he, he is a bit limited in what he does. But 
you know, I perhaps did him a disservice because he was superb yesterday, Ledley, and he doesn't look like you'd want to take any of that three out because Punchin had an absolutely phenomenal match. Uh, MacArthur was back to his usual fantastic self, but, you know, Ledley had some really, really key moments in that game, both defensively and, and of course, uh, with a flick for the second goal as well. Um, just a quick uh, shout out to David Matthews, who's listening live from Mexico with his girlfriend, uh, Lysette. Uh, it was the first home game they've missed, so if it carries on, they're just going to stay out there. So that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, and also, uh, Liam Dowd got in touch earlier on and said, uh, what do we think about this left-back situation? Is it does, Do we all feel more comfortable with, with Joel Ward there instead of Martin Kelly? Uh, start with you, Albert. Can I just go quickly back to the Ledley point? Very oh, of course you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate to be the one that starts not necessarily putting the boot in, but that was an enforced change, wasn't it? He hasn't he hasn't yeah. dropped he hasn't dropped Kabai. Yeah. So whilst whilst Lily had a great performance, I don't think we can start hailing it as a really brave decision to you know, Kabai wasn't available and it was what would you do, Ledley or much? And uh that's a no brainer, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I resist the edge to comment on that. Uh I don't see, the, is it, yeah, I feel like I'm being harsh, but you know, in the in the uh, in light of balance, I feel it needed to be pointed out that, that that's not a after See, I, I don't. I, again, I, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Kabai. I, I really do like him. I think, he, and I think his form of late has actually been pretty decent. Uh, so I would still struggle, and I've said this before on the show, and it it's still, and again, it feels even more difficult to put this point of view across. And I'd be interested to know what the listeners think, but I still say that. You know, you, you can't really claim that, that Kabai is not a bit better player than Joe Ledley um, and that, that I believe he can do that exactly exact same job better than Joe Ledley can do. But on the evidence of yesterday, it's quite hard to, to argue that. And I saw some stats that someone quoted about, I think Kabai has been in the team for one win in, in uh, this year. Whereas you look at Joe Ledley's stats, I think he was in, been in the team for all of them. So, you know, perhaps reality is not bearing out my opinion there. I'm not too sure. Uh, I don't know. Just, Luce, you got your, your views on, on, on Ledley? Has he cemented a place there? Could, could I get back into that midfield? Um, it's not so much Ledley. It's it's Kabai. Um, like you said, that recently on, he has been quite good. I mean, he was for me man of the match a couple of weeks ago. But the stats don't lie. It wasn't that a song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, yeah, I, I think um, picking up on what Albert said, the real um, test will be shown next week when we play Hull if Kabai is benched. Because obviously he's been benched because he's been banned. And like Albert said, it wasn't through choice that, Ledley was picked it was because he had to yeah um so I think yeah the real test will be next week if we stick with the team that played yesterday um and I think that yeah maybe goodbye does need to be dropped um on this occasion because obviously yesterday we played really well so 
does that mean he has a divine right to walk straight back into the team just because no, he's by? No, and I think, but I think a lot of people have a kind of a, of a preconceived idea about that because they see him as a Pardew favourite. But yeah, and again, because when we brought in, there was so much excitement. I think perhaps again, there's a little bit of judging him a bit harsher than other players because we expected this world class, you know, world beating central midfielder, and he hasn't really reached those heights. But for me, for me, he's still the better player. Uh, Nick, you got any reactions to this in the chat room? Yeah, there's quite a bit on Ledley and Kabai in the chat room. Um, there's one called Guest. I've got a feeling we might know him. Um, Kabai was suspended, but Pards must have heard last week's show. <laughs> um, and Joel on the left and Ledley as the screening midfielder, exactly as we mentioned last week. Pard, you must listen to the whole radio. Um, <laughs> J-Dog 3, we won with Leds, we haven't with Kabai, end of. Addington Eagle, Eagle has said that Kabai is a better player, but Ledley works better with the other two. Um, Brinskill Eagle sums it up best, I think. He says, Ledley gives us five at the back, whereas Kabai gives us one more in midfield. It's where we need the extra man next week that depends on who gets picked. Yeah, that's, that is so a great summary. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we wanted to defend. We wanted to clean sheet. So, Ledley's a clean sheet man, as it were. Yeah, well... First clean sheet since April, which was which was phenomenal, and I think genuinely you, you heard the crowd celebrate that at the end more than anything. It was, it was yeah. a long time. Oh, and, um, and Ledley's a better dancer as well. Of course, yeah, yeah, which counts. Uh, Bob the Eagle, Bob the Eagle got in touch and actually said Ledley or Much was the choice as a holding midfielder. Surely Flamini's a more sensible comparison. And yet, yet again, we do always forget about Flamini. Uh, that is a, that is a more sensible comparison. But until he came on for the last what ten minutes yesterday, I'd start to doubt that he actually existed. So <laughs> he was quite yeah. good yesterday. I thought. Oh, in the very very short spell he was on, absolutely, yeah. But that's what you what we bought him for. We bought him to to bring experience to the midfield and to, to help us close out games. And, I've, you know, I, can, I can't remember, life of me, I can't remember the game that he first came off the bench and someone will correct me on Twitter, I'm sure, or something like that. But uh, Was it Stoke? Well, it was Stoke, yeah. And he came off the bench and uh, significantly weakened our midfield. But, uh, but no, look, it's... It, I, think, I think what we saw yesterday was... It was interesting to see the, the, the decisions that were made because I think a lot of us last week were talking about... Pardew says he's going to ring the changes. What changes? What can he, you know, what can he possibly make? And they're all things that I guess we've talked about over the last couple of months, really. I think Tompkins playing at right back was something that's been mentioned a fair few times. But actually seeing it in, in, seeing it in action yesterday, it was a it was a good shout. It really was. Uh, Ward did a, a fabulous job at left back uh, yesterday. Very committed. Uh, did his defensive work properly. But what I thought was the most telling thing was. Pardew's comments about well they were both in the pre-match press conference and I, and I think after the game as well where he talked about what the players had said to him on the Thursday they'd been they'd been working on training and they and they said that we want to do some defensive work and, and I kind of when I first heard that said I kind of thought what what do you mean we want to do some, are we not doing it you know are we are we are we not doing defensive drills and that's the impression I got from that conversation that that the team felt that all this, this concentrating on keeping the ball and how to release our attacking players in the right positions and all this kind of stuff, and this focus on getting the goals and outscoring the opposition, it just seemed like we, you know, all those sort of suggestions that people made that we were putting defence on the back burner were true, were absolutely true. But I want to really do want to give credit to Alan Pardew for, for 
listening to his players. That's mm-hmm. a really big thing you have to do as, you know, as a manager. And, he, and he's done it, and he's re- reaped the rewards for it. And I hope that he continues to do that because, for me, that's the only way back from him as, as a as a unit that are together and working for the for the common goal. Which uh, you say for me, it's a, a long way back. I've said quite a lot there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go, going back to the left back question that, uh, that, that, that the listener asked Albert before you derailed me um, right. is, that, is, is that the long term solution for us you know, or, or, or really we still got to be shopping in January for a left back uh, I think we've definitely got to shop for a left back in January because arguably our first you know, take Suarez out of the equation for obvious reasons you then look at what are technically our first choice left backs are not natural left backs and the only natural left back at the club can't even get on the, you know, barely get on the bench, let alone the pit. So I think that speaks for itself, really. I mean, again, I think when we were sort of cruising towards the end and it looked like we were going to see the game out, I thought that would have been a good a good chance to put Friars in for a sort of a, I want to say, comfortable 10 minutes just to get him up to speed and, you know, see if he could provide a bit more balance potentially for the next game. I mean, that didn't happen, obviously, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on that too much. But... I think it's it's glaringly obvious. I think it's probably the most important position that we need to fill in January. And we need a natural left back, not just sort of a utility player that can play anywhere else, but just for that position, that position alone. I feel. Yeah, agreed. A specialist. The problem is, it's a it's a dying art. The fallback, isn't it? You know, it's it tends to be people who you, know, you think of the sort of world class fallbacks. They tend they tend to be known for their attacking prowess, and and, and we need someone who's who's solid first and foremost. I've I've always said I'd like to see Patrick Van Arnholt at the club. I think he's he's a player with huge potential that's not necessarily getting fulfilled at Sunderland. Um, yeah. But that, that's I mean, I mean again that's not um, that's not going to be cheap and it p- probably won't happen. You know Sunderland aren't going to sell one of their best players to us. Um, what the solution is, I don't know. No, I, I suppose even if we do out, we do go out, we do get that, this left back. It does sort of ask the next question has to be well. Is Tompkins the the future at right back? We bought him as a centre back, but but he and Dan so far together as a partnership don't appear to have gelled. Don't appear to have worked out how best to play together, and and it looked a much more solid unit again. With Tompkins has got lots of ability on the ball, and and that showed playing right back. And and once again, Damo comes in and proves all these critics wrong, and and, and you know, arguably puts in a, a man of the match performance. So. Again, not looking too far ahead because you always wonder when when it's time is going to be up for Damo. But does Ward get in ahead of Tompkins at left back for you, Nick? Left back. Oh, I'm not sorry, really sure. Right, sorry, a right back. Sorry, right back. Perhaps see, the problem with Ward is 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 he is in fits and starts, and he wasn't the only player to do it yesterday. But he gave the ball away quite cheaply a few times and. I, I don't know whether that's nerves across the team, but um, we we need to stop doing that. One, once he gets that out of his system, I think he's very able there. I know we've but, sort of been in and out of love with Ball, but I think I think he can still do a job when he's but, on his games. But, but but is Tompkins a better option there after what you saw yesterday, or is it too early to tell? Too early to tell, mate. It's one game against a. You know, we, but the, the good thing is for all the possession Southampton had, we we defended solidly. And if we can defend solidly with that back four and, and keep a clean sheet, then I wouldn't change that back four because it's done the job. They're obviously clicking better. And, no, fair, um, fair play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, well, okay. What 
<laughs> trying to think how to word this question. So bear, bear in mind that um, we getting Damo in the team has given us a bit more uh, solidity, Lucy. Your yeah. view... No, I want to get your view. Your view on, on Tompkins as a right-back. Do, do you want to see that? Have, we spent a lot of money on James Tompkins, and to be honest with you, I, I've been impressed with him. I want, I want him to be in that team. Um, I, we're not, obviously not going to drop Scott down, are we? So and, and we've shown that that we kind of need the leadership of Damo there. So it really does point to right back being the only position for Tompkins. Would you pick him over Ward? Yes. Based on yesterday's performance, I think that we need to stick with that lineup and give it a couple more weeks, see what happens. Because the thing is, we keep changing our lineup to reflect the previous game's results. And we need to embed a solid um, lineup that's going to be used week after week. So I think based on yesterday's performance, the back four that went in yesterday should definitely be picked for next week and for the foreseeable. Right. So give give us a chance to build a, a settled back four. Sounds like a yeah. good idea to me. Definitely. Because like like you say, we spent a lot of money on Tompkins, yet he's been shifted around. Like sometimes he's been dropped, sometimes he's been sent back, he's been right back. It's like well, the poor guy needs to like this it's the same with um Martin Kelly. Like he's been hung out to dry, Martin Kelly, which and I agree yesterday, yeah, um choosing him, um not choosing Kelly was the right decision. But I think we need we definitely need to um instill a bit of continuity in the team, otherwise it's just gonna the results aren't gonna go away again. Yeah, no, I totally see that point, and it's a it's a good one. We broke Martin Kelly, so let's try not to break James Tompkins. Uh, can, I, can I come in on that? Of course. Because surely the, you, you've got to play your lineup against who who you're playing against. Now I can't see Hull being as attackive, for one of our favourite words, as, as <laughs> Southampton. Oh, so you know, do, do we need the same lineup? Surely it's got to be the best team for the opposition. And I can understand, yeah, keep the same team, keep the same team. But then you quickly found out. Uh, no, I disagree. It, yeah, go on, go on, Albert, you go for it. I was just going to say, I think not, not trying to, not try, again, not trying to take any credit away from the team or the management. You know, Southampton weren't at their best yesterday and they're a better team than, you know, we witnessed. They've turned over Arsenal in the week and they've, they're in the Europa League, you know, doing quite well in that competition. I think they had an off day. And you look at our next one of games, Hull obviously struggling as well. I think we need to, in the light of the fact that we kept a clean sheet, we played well and we scored goals, I think we need to keep it exactly the same for Hull because they're not going to be a great, you know, technically a great size. So keep the consistency. And then if we need to look at making changes for what is ultimately far superior opposition in United and Chelsea. I think it's I think it's absolutely mad to change it next week. Yeah, I I do go along with that. I know what Nick's saying. I I know we want to see a, a game plan specific to the opposition and all that kind of stuff, but I think you know, this is where some of what what, what Pardew's saying absolutely rings true in, in that we haven't really struggled to create or, or score in any game really. We we haven't looked we haven't looked like we're gonna struggle there, but but we have struggled at the back, and we've found a formula that's got us a, a, a clean sheet. So, you know, let's let's stick with that. Just for the time being, let's stick with that. Get some points on the board, and then later in the season, if if we sort if we sort ourselves out, 
you know, got some results together, got a bit of confidence up, got a bit of rhythm and momentum, then we can start looking at maybe enforcing ourselves, you know, our own style of play and our own methodology on the opposition. But I think we got ahead of ourselves this season um, in quite a big way. Luce? Uh, can I just also shout out to Wayne Hennessy? Because he was he was immense yesterday, I thought. He had some really phenomenal phenomenal saves and he kept us in it. And I think that goes back to how, who's in front of him. I mean, I, I feel that he worked really well with the Dan and Delaney partnership because they constantly talk to each other. Um, and I just, I think, yeah, I think he needs a mention. Yeah, look, credit where it's due. He, he had a very solid game. It was a very, the save from Shane Long. Uh, yeah. Is, is that's, that is a game-changing moment because if Long comes off the bench and scores them, uh, there's 20-odd minutes left, I think, at that point. And we go on the back foot. The confidence is shaken. And, and all of a sudden, it's a very, very different game. You know, and we don't get to sort of stroll out the way that we did. So, yes, absolutely. Credit where it's due. And what I really liked to see was that on a few occasions, and because he knows he's number one now for a while, and, and Mondanda's had his injury and he's you know got, his, got surgery and all that kind of stuff, he's there for a, a while now. You know, he... He actually rolled the ball out a couple of times to Tompkins. And again, that's another thing to talk about Tompkins in, in the right-back position. He, get, he offered himself as, a, as a, an option for a pass from the keeper far more often than I see Ward do it and, and looked far more comfortable on the ball when he received it. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to dig out Joel Ward. I think Joel Ward is a certain type of fullback. But I think because Tompkins is a, is a stronger player on the ball and you know, has actually has the assets to sort of play in a, in a central midfield position. I'm pretty sure he has played there for, for West Ham. I think that gives another dimension because it means Hennessy's not just look at knocking it long all the mm-hmm. time to Benteke. But there was a lot of that yesterday as well. But uh, no, no, it's a good, good shout out, good shout for, for Hennessy there. He had a very good game and, and hopefully he keeps doing that. And, you know, that's, that's the idea, isn't it? If yeah. he has a good game, we don't have to, you know, call him into question and no one slags him off. We all get behind <laughs> him. And uh, also, we'll keep winning more games than not if he if he keeps clean sheets. So happy days. What about if we drop Ward and put Fryers in? Uh, well, there you go. Well, at the moment, the that, that's as as Albert was saying, that's our natural left back that's in the, in the squad is, is Zeki Fryers. But it seems that Alan Pardew and the coaching staff think that Ward is a better left back than Fryers. So we kind of have to accept that. I, I was talking. I was just talking at the game. Uh, Yesterday, and we were sort of going on, on to why why hasn't Fryer's got a chance? And we kind of came to the conclusion that in the run that we're on with the teams that we're playing and how we're struggling at the back, it's kind of a no win from him. If we bring him off the bench to play sort of twenty minutes here and there, or even at half time, it's it's because he's coming on for someone who's not playing so well, you know, which has been Martin Kelly of late. <laughs> whereas, whereas if he starts, you know, there's a strong danger if we get taken apart that he goes backwards when we lose him continuously yeah. you know what i mean i could see the argument of that but basically he's still a very well-paid professional footballer so there's a limited amount of sympathy over there nick nick's on mute i think that's how we like him isn't it he is yeah i do like it like that he's i was awesome. on mute yeah <laughs> i was on mute it's the monopoly upstairs makes me mute um andy a in the chat room wholeradio.net forward slash chat has said that tomkins did really well there because of the amount of tracking back that wilf was doing and it's it's giving that support. And um, uh, can I just say that I mean it's something I was going to talk about when we discuss sort of man of the match and that 
proud performances. But to pick out Wilf's track of that yesterday is absolutely spot on from Andy because Wilf was sensational as a defensive player yesterday. He was decent going forward, but as a defensive player, what a, what a performance from him. Best I think I've ever seen from him. Yeah, and he didn't lose his head as much, did he? I mean, he had a few moments, and he was he was kabied, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Your turn to speak. Oh, is it? I thought you had more yeah. from the chat. No, 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 <laughs> I was poised and ready. I was excited. Damn it. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so, I want to talk uh, about. I want to talk about the luck that we had, uh, because I think people were very quick to point out. The, the things went our way against Southampton. It could have been a very, very different story. If you look at the balance of the first half, Southampton were probably just shading it at the time that Forster makes the error. And I do want to say, uh, Claude Puel started talking about the fact that the pitch was poor and all that sort of stuff. If he thinks that's a poor Sellers Park pitch, then clearly he has not seen it in the past. But it was nothing to do with the pitch, Forster's error. It was because he kicked it with his right foot before swinging it with his left foot. It's a very... You know, it's, it's, he's a very, very unlucky man. But I have, you know, I say I, I, I was delighted to see it. And, uh, it's a strange way to, to to score a goal, but you know, what I mean, it's, it, it, yeah. it's one of those where if you do that miss kick anywhere else on the pitch, you can get away with it. But being a goalkeeper, no chance. But the important thing to to, to notice, and again, Pardew said in the uh, press conference after the game that that he's worked with Fraser Forster and he knows it's important to close him down. So perhaps he's got a mistake in him if you do that. Benteke also mentioned the fact that he was he was very, very focused to close down the, the keeper, any opportunity he got. And if he doesn't do that, that, that mistake is meaningless. Mm. You know, that's that's the big thing there. So as much as it was lucky, there is also credit due to both the player and, and, and the manager if, if, if what's being said there is true. So, yes, we were absolutely lucky to, to go ahead. Second goal, though, uh, I, I think... This is where someone mentioned earlier, just part you listen. I started to think he does because we were talking uh, last week, and again, people were calling to question Keith Millen's uh, uh, position because obviously he's the coach, he's a defensive minded coach. We know he does the set place. And Pardew very, very quick to point out in the, the post match press conference that the, the second goal came from a Keith Millen set piece and, and that he was deserving of praise there. And near post ball, nice and low, great flick from Ledley. He's obviously trying to score with it comes off the, the, the defender and, and Tompkins has done a brilliant job to lose his marker uh, and just to tap in pretty much on the goal line. And See, that again, you could say lucky, a couple of deflections, it's ended up with Tompkins. But, you know, you can also say that's a very well-worked set play. Um, and there's a couple of things that have to be done very, very well there that are difficult to do. And uh, particularly when you look at the delivery of the flick, that's a very, very hard skill to put that ball exactly where it needs to be to do that. So I, I was very impressed with with our, uh, with our change, both attacking set pieces and the way we defended them. So let's not forget, we had to defend about, I think it was nine or ten set plays. Uh, and we started the game <laughs> where, where I was sort of cheering ironically every time we didn't concede from one. And by the end, it was like, OK, fair enough. We've sorted that out. I get it. I get it now. Uh, so there you go. So there you go. That's, that's my sort of view on whether or not we were lucky. I think you can argue there was luck there, but I think we kind of earned it, and particularly over the course of the season. Albert, your views? Well, go, you know, going back to the Benteke goal and him being in the right position, as you know, as the old saying goes, if if you don't buy a ticket, then you're not going to score a goal from when the keeper <coughs> does an air kick. Um, so <laughs> that yeah, phrase. That, love that old saying. Yeah, it flows off the tongue. Fa- family motto. Got it in Latin on a crest. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 credit for 
Benteke pressing down and yeah and obviously Pardew's done his homework on Forster as well so you know that's yeah there's a bit of luck there but like you say he deserved he deserved that chance from just being in the right position second goal again I was I'm behind the other goal in the Homesdale so when I saw it I thought the ball would just sail straight through to Tompkins a la Yaya Torre um, a couple of weeks ago so I just thought that was horrific defending it's only seeing the replays when I got in that yeah it's um, you know slightly fortuitous but you know it's as you said it's great skill from you know the dead ball in and, and Ledley getting on it and just causing that bit of chaos in the six yard box and you know that can, as as we know, as often on the other end of it, that can, you know that can lead to anything. And it was nice to see uh, Tompkins bang one in. Definitely, Luce. Anything to add there? We were always going to win, though, weren't we? Because of everything that happened, and the whole like everybody suddenly turning on Pardew, and we were it, it was inevitable because a lot of the fans wanted to sort of almost wanted to lose. So who turned so, on Pardew? it was a black mark against him you know he was supposedly given two games to you know turn things around and oh what do you know we win 3-0 against a a, quite a good team although they didn't seem that good yesterday but you know it it was inevitable we we all kind of said oh yeah Pardew's Pardew's luck's run out so we're bound to win and we did (laughs) And I, I do know what you mean. I, I had sort of mixed feelings yesterday because I, I had a, I was glad for the people who were kind of sticking massively to this. I support the manager through thick and thin and all that kind of stuff. I kind of, I kind of felt good because I thought, well, fair, fair play because so rarely does that happen that that you you get to celebrate in the face of being a, a, like very much in the minority. So you know, enjoy that moment. Good on you. I don't, I, you know, I, I think it's. A, a nice thing to happen but I don't share that view because like I say it took a lot more than one game for me to sort of lose faith faith with the manager and it's going to take a lot more than one game for me to get it back mm. but, but what I will say is as I've said the whole way through is I, I would like it to happen you know I would like uh, Pardew to win everyone round again and to to you know have a team that plays for him to get the full support of, of, of the Palace faithful again. I would love that because it means we'll be successful if we if, we, if he does. Um, Hopefully, Chris, that, that 5-4 last week will have a similar effect on us than the, the Liverpool 9-0 did a few years ago. Well, it was more than a few years ago, but yeah. it, was, it was actually, it defined our next three years, didn't it? It, it gave us the kick up the rump that we needed. And I think, Pardew's learned a little bit, sort of kind of because he listened to the players this week by all accounts. Yeah, yeah. The team meeting, what did they think? And he's also moved away from his transition kind of tactics, although we still played them to some degree. So let's be defensive minded. Let's go. Let's go police, and and think about keeping the clean sheet first. So it, yeah. it, hopefully there's been a two-way thing. And unlike you, I'd, I'd like Pardew to succeed, and I'd I'd completely lost faith. Yeah, we got we got a good mix of, of solid defensive play and dangerous attacking play yesterday. That's the mix that that, that Pardew needs to aim for on a regular basis. Um, and what, you know. what you've got to look at as well, just looking, I was just looking up the stats. Um, Thirty-one crosses Southampton had. Thirty-one wow. crosses, and and we we cleared them all. Their, their shooting was a bit errant at times. I mean, there was no way it was a three-nil game on balance of play. But, no, no. But, but we somebody, did... somebody's just mentioned that. Um, the difference that having Ward in there on the set pieces has made in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat, over, uh, Ward over Zeki Fryers in defending set pieces. Yeah, 
so that's why he might fit in there. Oh, fair play. No, I just uh, it it's it's like you say it, it's it's really it's really like it's a pleasing result, right? Okay, it's it's a great thing to have happened. Yes, we got a bit of luck, but we did earn it. We got a great balance in the side. There were moments where we just smashed it clear. Which, to be honest with you. You look look around the stadium when we do it. Everyone cheers it. You know, we, I don't know. I guess it's something being about being a Palace fan that you know sometimes that no nonsense defending it just relieves so much pressure of, of so much anxiety, and that happened in some of the the more pressing spells that Southampton had. But I think we did a really good job on them. It's not just about sitting back. We their midfield was was very poor, and they've got you know they've got some good players in there. Um, like Ward Prowse in particular, he, he found it very difficult to get on the ball for any length of time. He was closed down. We were high pressing. Like a lot of teams do that against us, and we don't do it so well against them. But there, there were spells during that game, and we all do, Nick. There were spells during the match where, where I looked, and we had we had four people in the opposition half pressing their defence on the ball. I really did like to see that. It's not, not something you can sustain for ninety minutes because it, it will knock your team out. But I think we unsettled them. Um, well enough and, and took our chances when they came but you know football's a weird game we have played better than that and be, and, and lost games this season I, I state that for an absolute fact uh, but you know it's, it's a good step in the right direction uh, Colin Squires got in touch on, on Twitter and said uh, on their set plays Beteke was not marking this week uh, but was the free man on the front post which helped a lot that's something I, I picked out right at the start of the show which is absolutely spot on that was one of the, the, the big changes that was made and uh, Gregory got in touch as well, saying that you know Ward should play over Fryers now purely for defending the set pieces as well. There, uh, and Dan Corbett says, so we start all of our three centre backs, so Pardew can keep his job. What if someone gets injured? Now we're, we're you know we'll be back to Kelly. Fair fair play. I see where you're coming from, Dan. Uh, the whole Pardew keeping his job thing as well. I know what you mean. I'll be interested to know from anyone who was who was saying last week, I'd rather lose that game and get get rid of Pardew than win it. How do you feel now? You know, did anyone uh, say that really? I, th- I think there was Probably a bit. There was a, on Twitter. Yeah, there was a bit of that going around on Twitter. I, I don't again. I don't know if you did think that way. If you were even thinking slightly in that way, be very yeah, interested to hear. You were, were you? Yeah, I said it on on the preview pod with Terence. I was like, you know, there is a part of me that's quite interested to see what what happens if we go two 0 down purely from a crowd point of view and. And just to see if the, you know, there was talk in the press that the American investors weren't happy, but Parish might be sort of okay to give more time and sort of see how that balance of power would fall. Um, obviously, I don't want to see Palace lose, and, and as you've said, if Pardew does well, it means the team does well. So whilst I'm, you know, whilst I wasn't singing his name yesterday, you know, I'm, I'm still cheering for the team and. A byproduct of the, like say, a byproduct of Alan Pardew doing well is the team doing well, which is something surely we can all agree on that we want to see. Um, but you know, I mean, we're going to talk about post-match comments later. I, you know, I don't think the pressure's gone away at all, um, especially when we've got what you can call another potential six-pointer, like next weekend. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. it's you know, it's it's great, and came away from there really happy and. You know, I celebrated the goals as, as as hard as I've celebrated most goals. Like I said, I was pretty hungover, so there was probably ninety five percent. But <laughs> um, but you know, you you've got to, you've got to deliver it. You've got to follow up. You have to follow up with against yes. against Hull. And yeah, yeah, yeah. If we lose that, it, you know, 
yesterday is essentially meaningless. Absolutely right. You know, and that's 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 completely the case. It is it's not just meaningless. It's kind of like it, it helps nobody. It's you know, it, it, all it does is give false hope. It, you know, the reaction will be terrible, absolutely terrible if we lose against Hull. So it's it needs the same focus. It needs the same you know. Uh, collusive approach between manager and players it really does we've got to take this incredibly seriously it's a must-win game yesterday was a must-win game and we won it i didn't expect us to but it but i'm delighted we did and when you talk funny you talk about you weren't singing pardew's name there was a kind of battle going on in the stands between people singing alan pardew's red blue army and people singing south london's red blue army so first time i'd heard that and, uh, i thought i heard sam allardyce's red and blue army at one point i sincerely hope not there Somebody told me yesterday that's in the bag, but obviously it's a rumour and probably not true. But they they were convinced. I would be very very surprised. I don't you know maybe maybe someone's had a conversation with someone or whatever. But uh, I I would say over a bag. pint of wine, <laughs> some dingy <laughs> bar. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, that's just that's tickled me. That's anyway. We're going to take a short sort of advert based break and. Uh, We'll be back to talk more about the game in just a moment. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. I was extremely excited by both of those adverts. I hope you were too. Silence. Right, oh, so what? Oh, sorry, I thought it was for the listeners. Well, it was, but I mainly meant you, Albert. I'm always excited. You just can't hide it, can you? <sighs> so, the uh, attitude of the players and, and the performance overall is what I want to kind of cover next. We talked, again, I mentioned this earlier, we talked last week, uh, say, and, and probably the week before as well, where the point was made that the players didn't seem to want to defend as a team anymore. They weren't backing each other up. It was, you know... it. it, it it was noticeable how different the setup was from, from, you know, days gone by where, you know, five players were charging down one shot. We got quite a lot of that back. We talked about Wilf sort of epitomising that with his kind of defensive play. But I felt we looked much, much better as a, much more cohesive as a unit. Do you get that impression, Nick, that we were more of a team, that people were suddenly were fighting for each other again? Yeah, you could, you could. And again, it's Delaney geeing everybody out. 
Uh, there were no prima donnas on the pitch. They uh, punching, ran his socks off. He was. They were battling for balls that perhaps they wouldn't have done. Um, especially when he he really fought back to to keep the ball in to to supply the cross for the third goal. They 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 just wanted to be first, which we haven't seen for a while. It's it. They they all knew they had to do a job. They all knew that they were under being watched really, really closely. They knew they were going to be under the cosh and they pulled out the stops because they needed to. And yeah. it's so frustrating when we think back to, to other games that we've lost, when we know what we're capable of. Yeah, they, but it, it was almost like, no, not, it wasn't like a, like a weight had been lifted or anything like that, but it, there was definitely a, a, re, a refocusing of the players. Now, like you said, a lot of that you can put down to Delaney's leadership, and that did have a difference, particularly when you talk about the number of crosses that Southampton put in the box and the fact that we won pretty much everything. But it, I think everyone would just seem to clear on their role again. Now, you know, Town, Townsend and Zaha, uh, you know, one, it seems both want to play on the right, uh, but Zaha currently has the right to do that, which is great. Uh, he's earned it. But the the way they were swapping as well was actually. And I, I thought Townsend, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a world beating game. It wasn't uh, you know outrageously good, but he was much better, much more focused than he has been for, for a fair while. Uh, how do you exaggerate Andros loose in that one? He was all right. <laughs> <laughs> he was all right. That's probably fair. That's probably about as fair as it goes. Yeah, I mean, he's done. A, he did a lot better than he has done previously. Like, I actually noticed that he was on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I think I think they all deserve a little bit of credit this week. They were just. Um, it was uh, it was a pleasant surprise because I wasn't really expecting them to be as as good as they were. Should we? Let's. I want to take this opportunity to talk talk about the match performances then, because. For me, I came out of that game and I had a really clear idea in my head of who it was for me. That, and I thought, I thought there were a couple who were up there. there you know, I, I'll give the three that I thought were the best players on the pitch. And that was Zaha, Delaney and Jason Punchett. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That was, I, they were my three. Uh, your three as well. And I thought to myself, but clearly, it's clearly will forget. Absolutely, clearly, Wilf again. I've gone up to the BBS to have a look at the poll in there. So Wilf was fourth in the poll. Uh, so obviously I was wrong, but I just thought his all-round game just—he was again—he was the difference for us. He carried us when we were when we were struggling in certain spells, but defensively he was out of this world. And, and in an attacking sense, he just worried them so much all the time. It's very unlucky not to get an assist for for Benteke in the first half. After the Townsend put him in on the on the right hand side, it's a fantastic ball that he puts in. Oh, that that little passage yeah. of play. We had done pretty much nothing in that game up till then, but that passage of play, that shows you what we're capable of when we're a confident team. That one, yeah. that one passage of play, you know, bearing in mind we've had a pretty crap year overall, it was amazing to feel the the, the change in which that, you know, that that passage of play put in the crowd. I mean, that really that's that seemed to g everybody up around me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's that was the, you know, that's the sort of the, the fine margins that we're dealing in. You know, a pretty one pretty good passage of play can all of a sudden lift the stadium. Um, that's how you know that's how low the sort of mood had been up until that point. Yeah, and, and I really did feel that that was you know it's a really good point you make, Albert, because the the crowd actually, I think crowd played a big part yesterday. It's not it wasn't just lip service from from uh, 
Alan Pardew saying that that was the case. I think they, you know, we really did. It was the first first time in a long while that I've said uh, saying we love you with any real feeling. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was. Nice. Uh, what was who was your man of match today, Albert? Uh, well, my shortlist is exactly the same as yours. Boring radio program that we are. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Punchin only loses out because he gave the ball away a few times. He did it on the ball. That's harsh, but I have to whittle it down somehow. I thought Delaney was superb. Um, there was a great moment where he had a little word in Wilf's ear, and they kind of sort of had a little spat, but you know it was all sort of you know all positive. T- you know, team talk, yeah. um, interaction, but yeah, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but Zaha I just thought was, I can't think of one thing he did wrong yesterday, apart from a slightly naff clearance, which is why Delaney had a go at him. I thought he was equally as good going forward as he was going back. The, the cross to Benteke that he should have, should have done much better with was an absolute peach. I just think he's coming on leaps and bounds. And I don't know. I'd, and it's it's crazy to think that in a in a really poor run of form, one player can just get better and better every week. And um, yeah. I don't know if it's because we're looking for a shining light, and obviously Zaha being one of our own, and you know the sort of prodigal son. You know, everyone sort of pins their hopes on him, but he was just I was in I was in awe of him yesterday. There you go. Glad someone agreed with me. <laughs> Nick, I know you've got some views on this probably in the chat as well. Uh, I'll always get your opinion if I can. You're going to be surprised at mine. Am I? Yes. More surprised than the noises coming from your house? Oh, that'll be the sun upstairs. Wayne Hennessy is my man of the match. He looks so confident in the box, coming for crosses. He, he, I don't know if you watched him, but he was vocal, and he was there organising the defence as well. He slowed things down when they needed slowing down. He, he kept the tempo of the game. His kicking on the whole was very good, and I'm very pleased that he's got a clean sheet because... We need him to, to have that confidence in the next five games. Before you shout me down for that, I'll go to the chat room for the end of the match, and then you can shout me down afterwards. We'll get you. We'll get you. <laughs> um, Andy A said uh, Jordan Much is man of the match for staying on the bench. <laughs> uh, then he said... He made the bench. Uh, yes. Uh, Zaha, Damo or Punchin. Um, Dweeb has said Wilf, Damo and Benteke in that order. Um, and Crystal Meth said Punch. Hasn't got the credit he deserves, but Wilf was great. Um, I was going to say, you 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 sound like you've had crystal meth choosing Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> no, I thought he did well. No, I, I, I couldn't fault him yesterday. And he, he gets loads of stick. 0.51% of the people on the BBS agree with you, Nick. So, therefore, you're you're fine. You're in good company there, mate. Paul uh, Eagles said um, Delaney. Can I just go back a little bit to the to the team being together before it scrolls away in the chat room? All right, then I've got to give Lucy a chance to say hers. Yeah, sorry, but... Um, Addington Eagle has said, we need to look at the reaction to the third goal. Every player celebrated. Jimmy yeah. Mack and Dan, especially. Um, Andy A said, what we did was pass to our players, not pass and hope. Kept the ball a bit better. Um, he said, if Damo was on at the end last week, we wouldn't have let him those goals. Crystal mess. There you go. He's been mentioned twice now. I agree the players were playing for parts. And uh, we're defending the second ball, which we haven't done over the past few weeks. Yeah, that is a that is a great shout. I'll let you go on mute now because of the noise. Uh, that was 
the, the, the second ball was all important, and that is something we we continuously failed to have anything to do with against Swansea, and it was noticeable just how much that changed uh, in, in the game against Southampton. So it was very, very pleasing. Uh, Luce, did you say who your man of the match was? I know who it is, but... You didn't say... <laughs> um, well, it changed um, in sort of 24 hours, because I came out and I said to you, didn't I, when I met up with you, that it was punching for me. Yep. Yep. Um, and I just thought he was immense yesterday, um, and Wilf um, and Damo. But having watched things back and reading sort of reviews and um, looking at the highlights, for me it's Damo. Um, not just because it's Damo, but because of what he brought to the game. He didn't just bring solid defence. He brought his leadership. Like Albert pointed out, he had a you know he had a word with Wilf and. That's what they've been crying out for, um, and yeah, he was he was just superb yesterday. They yeah. well, they all were, and were. I agree with Nick. I thought Hennessy was was good. All right, well, the, the uh, demo was the winner on the BBS by quite some distance. He took forty three point seven six percent of the votes. Nearest was Punchin, uh, with twenty one and a half percent. And I do definitely want to to give props to Punch because. He was absolutely everywhere. Uh, as Albert said, probably you know you mark him down a tiny bit for a little bit of a uh, little bit giving the ball away. But having said that, when you look at what he did for the third goal, you know that when he's like that, he, he is so difficult for the opposition team to play against. And he was it was almost impossible to take the ball off him at times. He received the ball in loads of difficult positions, just kept it, moved it on in the right way. He was the sort of heartbeat of that team. Uh, and he can take huge credit from that performance. And it was really encouraging to see. You know, he, he didn't just play at the sort of point of a midfield three. Sometimes he was the deepest one of them. And he really, really worked himself into the ground. There was, there was one point going on from that in the first half. You've sort of mentioned how we were, we, we were pressing quite a lot in the first half. I think it was at one point he was, he was, sort, he was half pressing their left back. Then they switched the ball. And I, and I looked up and all of a sudden... He's on. He's on our left wing, pre- pressing their their right winger. It was. I mean, I don't know where he came from. It was absolutely fantastic. The work rate was, um, which isn't something you necessarily associate with him, um, was outstanding. Like I say, I you know I hate to mark him down, but so I, I have to. You have to. You have to whittle it down somehow. And I just think this is, I think Zaha's been just such of a standard. I don't know if it's it's not, not, complacency is maybe not the right word. It's complacency from the crowd that you know Zaha's been so good for the, for you know for most weeks that I don't know if it's just, if that's what we expect from him now and he doesn't necessarily get put forward in the limelight for man of the match. I don't know if we're sort of, I'm going to use the word a bit spoiled by his performances because, um, it's possible, but he's, he's becoming the complete player now. You know, I think Pete, we, you know, cause we've seen him for so long, haven't we? We've, we've seen that just, do you remember what he was like in the championship as a, as a teenager? He was just absolutely terrifying for defenders, you know, Mm. and he's, but he's, a, he's actually a very different prospect now. He's still got a, that explosive pace when he needs it. He's still got all the tricks, but you know, there's none of the naivety. Well, not none of it, but it's just the majority of it's gone from his game now. And he's he's got the head up and he's passing as well. And he plays a simple pass much more often than he ever used to. You know, and he, he doesn't always feel the need to try and beat two players twice to, before he puts the ball in the box. He's definitely uh-huh. matured. I think yeah, we need to be. I think we need to be careful because you know we've lost him once before, and you know just because he's made this, you know he's come back and you know welcome with open arms doesn't mean he's going to be here forever. And um, you know I mean it's going to take more than a twelve million bid from Spurs for him to go. But 
you know, he, he is he is an exceptional talent. He he is a he's a rarity of a footballer. And should he go, whether that's January, the summer, or any time next year, you know, chances are we will never see a player like that again in a Palace shirt. That'd be very- I know it sounds a bit final, but that, that, you know he is a special talent. Very special. Is there any truth in the rumour that Southgate's going to try and persuade him to come back over to England? Reported by uh, by Sky Sports, isn't it? They've actually got comments from uh, from Southgate saying that they're going to have a conversation, but. You know, if you wait until the guy's holding an Ivory Coast shirt and yeah. continuously pick players over him uh, despite the form, including in a match that you were watching where he was significantly better than one of the other players you picked. Mm-hmm. And that's not digging out Townsend, as I said before. I was delighted that he got picked for the England squad. But and he plays well for England. He really does. He does play absolutely brilliantly. And the thing is, there was a lot of stuff in the press when, when the photo of Wilf with the Ivory Coast shirt came out. And... Uh, there was a couple of articles that said, oh, we're going to regret it. You know, people who actually know their football. And there was so much grief from people who don't know anything saying, oh, is he any better? Than... I think the only player I thought, well, OK, there was similar sort of ability. You talk, they talked about Sterling. So Sterling's a good player. I'll give you that. They said, is he any better than Townsend? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> is, is he in a... I can't remember the other wingers they were going on about. Is he any better than Walcott? Well, yeah, as a winger, he is. Yeah, much better than Walcott. Yeah. What else you got? It's just, oh, I don't it's know. Tip, I mean, it's 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 typical England, you know. It's like watching a watching a girl from afar for years and years, and not having, not plucking the courage up to, you know, to tell how you feel, and then wait until she's rolling around on the floor naked with another bloke, and you know, creeping in and tapping her on the shoulder and <laughs> and telling her then, <laughs> yeah, which which I've never done. I have to. No, it, it sounded like you've done that. I mean, that's just a hypothetical. <laughs> Best analogy ever. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's not having Ian Holloway on the show. But he, <laughs> if I was him, I'd, I know it sounds spiteful. If I was him, I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know, them and just carry on. Do you know? Go, go somewhere where you're not like that. I know I've just made a oh, yeah, you've, you've, not like you've that. Few things, yeah. I've been but don't you think rolling around on the floor now. You know. Well, well, he, think, well, he has, but it's not too late. He could, he could, you know, he could completely pull a U-turn on Ivory Coast and play for England. But yeah, I don't think he will, and I think he's right not to. I think he's mm-hmm. going to play more games. He's going to get more respect and more adulation. Uh, probably have a better chance of winning the trophy as well. And I, and I do think he's England's loss. And I will, and I am gutted. Believe me, I would love to see Wilf terrorising the opposition in an England shirt. But I just, you know, as one of our own, you know, but. You know that's that's what happens when you when you have the attitude that you have from the FA, and I, I don't want to turn this into a podcast about how. That was a good timing for the beep there. Uh, interesting, <laughs> interesting indeed. Uh, just a couple of tweets to come in. Uh, Colin Squires on Man of Match says, I uh, agree with you, but I thought MacArthur pushed them close. Great shout. MacArthur did an absolutely superb job once more. Dave Matthews got in touch again saying, Lyset agrees with me. Wise, wise woman. Uh, says Wilf was man of the match. Uh, says Southgate needs to go to Specsavers. Wolf deserved to be in the England squad, uh, echoing the thoughts of the team here. Uh, so we can't end the show without having a, uh, a discussion about um, about Pardew's comments after the game. But I think what we'll do first is we'll round off uh, the match comment by having your full word reviews. So Rio Rogers, thank God for that. Max Miller, Damo back providing leadership. Daniel Barrington-Brown, I can watch Mott. 
If I did match of the day, it would have broken the rules. Ian Donald, three points, clean sheet. Chris Robin Aldous, happy birthday, Christian Benteke. Thorpesaurus, God bless Tappins. Chris Marshall, it has been a long time coming. Kevin, T.A. Steph, Damo must always play. Charlie Blight, keep that back line. CPFC Northeast, have we turned corner? Jockey, we prolong the agony. Robert Nesta, passion and unity wins. Lee Bowman, where'd that come from? Charlie Gillette, have faith with Pardew. Simon Martin, Pardew survives another week. Jimmy Dawes, luck went our way. Adam Budget, need to create more. Jeremy Reed, winning. Better than losing. Up car Sinners 3 cents nil. And Molly Butler, let's all keep faith. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, so just before we go, I want to have a quick uh, chat about uh, I think a lot, a lot of people have sort of jumped on these comments around Alan Pardew and I think there's going to be a variety of opinions on the panel about this but uh, so obviously we've had the, uh, the it, during the course of the game there was a bit of a well it's one of those moments isn't it it's between between two people but it's being filmed and it was the thumbs up from Pardew and a thumbs up from uh, from Parrish uh, so quite rightly the, the media have asked Alan Pardew what that was all about and why that was know like they can't really guess that it was you know show of solidarity between the two but uh so pat pardew's answered it and he's been you know i think he's just he's been alan pardew about it really he's, he said he says he just wanted to acknowledge the the fact that his chairman's given him the backing uh against what's well, against with the investors this week because you know he was under pressure uh and they were the ones asking the questions so oh, let's go and get your reaction first of all so uh Nick, I'm going to ask you first, so you can go on mute quickly. Okay. Um, Pard has put himself on on difficult ground by saying that the the American owners don't know anything about football, really. <laughs> or not, <laughs> not 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 words to that words yeah, to that's... that effect. I think he's he might have shot himself in the foot for the future, but it does show that that Parish was was fighting his corner and obviously believes in him. That. I, I, you've kind of basically hit the nail on the head of the, with the problem that I've had with this so far is people have listened to the comments or read them, I've more likely read them in the, in the, when they've been reported and they've immediately gone, well he's saying the American investors know nothing about football well first of all he hasn't said American uh, so it's not like, a, oh these yanks know nothing about football, which a lot of people have taken it as and said it's an offensive thing to say but the other thing is when, over the summer when we were talking about when Paris was talking about the spending and all that kind of stuff, he himself mentioned that, you know, that the investors are new to the game of football and they, they didn't really understand about the contract side of things and how you, 
you know, you pay a signing on fee and then you pay, you know, amount per week and then you pay bonuses. And then they didn't really, you know, they're used to a roster system and all this kind of stuff. And he had to, he had to educate them. So, you know, actually Parrish has made these comments before about, you know, the investors have come in and with, with the great intentions of backing the football club, but that they don't know the game uh, as well as they perhaps know their other sports. So, uh, Albert, what's, what's your views on this? Uh, I've got several points. Um, there's one, it's one thing to say, you know, an American businessman doesn't know how contracts work and how the inner workings of, you know, inner workings of football operate. But it's another thing just to generalize and say they don't know a lot about football. You know, the, the 20, 20 odd thousand people who've been to Celeste 2016 most weeks know a fair thing about football and know that five wins in 34 games, whatever, isn't any good. So it's, a, it's, it's bigger than it's bigger than what the investors, you know, say yeah. or think. I know they're the ones that run the club, but it's it's a wider issue than that. Um, secondly, he should have said soccer just to make it clear, because <laughs> they might be confused. They might they probably do know stuff about American football. Um, um, and I just think, I mean, as a wider issue, yeah, I mean, the, the thumbs up doesn't need explaining. I know he's been asked it. You know, it's not like they're asking if they wanted a little cheeky thumb war, you know, when they met back in the boardroom. But, you know, we know what that means. It's all been, it's all been alluded to in the press that Parrish is maybe having to sort of stick his neck on the line on, on Pardew's behalf. You know, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier. He says, oh, the pressure was on. The, the pressure's still on. And he has to follow it up next week. So you might want to keep, whether he means it this way or not, but you might want to keep what can be construed as bitchy comments. You might want to keep private for just a little bit longer. And yeah. I said to you guys, it, it strikes me a bit of the Neil Warnock comments that he made a while ago. Um, so I, if, if I was Alan Pardew... I'd have maybe kept my powder dry, kept my own counsel, and let the the pictures of the thumbs up speak for itself. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I do I do kind of see the parallels with the, with the comments about Neil Warnock because it was literally just after those comments we went on a terrible run where he criticised Warnock's record at Palace versus his own, and you know, and obviously when then went on a worse run. But you know, and I think perhaps there's a, there's a lot to be said about if the comment is just well, I got. I got some backing from the chairman this week and I really appreciated it. And you just stopped there. That probably would have been a bit better for him. That kind of probably, you know, put it this way, if he's looking to build bridges and get support from him, the investors, that's probably not the way to do it. Yeah, Lucy. buddy. Uh, I don't believe that was Lucy speaking. Lucy? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Definitely not me. Um, I just found it really cringy. Like, I understand why he did it, but it was a bit like, you know, in, in between us, oh, football friends. And it's, yeah, I just, I think it, it's the sort of thing that he, he could have kept behind closed doors, I guess. Um, and it's quite clear that the American investors aren't happy with him. Um, but it is what it is. It's done now. Um, yeah, I just found it all a bit cringy, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. I can again. I can understand it being a bit cringy, and I know people, a lot of people have said it would be a vine like the Pardew dance and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. For, for me, I think when, when things are, are are not going so well, this is the kind of stuff that just gets pounced upon and blown out of proportion. You know, as I've said, the comments about the the investors needing to learn, not you know, needing to know the game better. It's not like it's the first time they've been said. They've been said in the past as well by by our chairman. 
And I think for me, the important thing to sort of notice from, from that is that the relationship between manager and chairman, any manager will tell you that that's an incredibly important one for the health of the football club. And the fact that that's a good relationship and the fact that, that Pardew is, has got the backing of Steve Parrish, whether, you, whether you're whether you a Pardew fan or you're not, that, that has to be a good thing for the club. That means you're going to get, you know, the, the amount of pressure that is on Alan Pardew is, is at least lessened by the chairman. The chairman is doing his job properly. Now, again, you can argue the ins and outs of that, whether he should, whether he should be doing that or not, should be backing his, his manager or not. But it's just pretty clear that Alan Pardew really did appreciate it. I just, you know, part of, I just wish it just stopped at, at the sentence. I was just wanted to show the chairman I was really appreciative of his backing over this last week because there's been a lot of pressure. That's all he needed to say. And the next bit just comes across as a bit, you know, it's at least very much open to interpretation. Uh, yeah. So, Nick, you ages ago, you wanted to ask a quick question. Um, no, there was a couple of bits about the uh, whole Parish thing in the chat okay. room. Um, well, he's really um, done himself up for asking money for his January transfer budget to, to say the Americans don't know anything about football. And the other one was, well, you don't need to know anything about football to realise that six defeats on the bounce isn't very good, really. Yeah, and those are fair points. Uh, and again, it, it it opens it up to a sort of a wider issue of, well, okay, what what was the precise argument? You know, what were <laughs> what was yeah. being said? Because if, if if the precise argument was as simple as your results aren't good enough uh, because you've lost six in a row, then that's that's one thing. But if the argument is, what direction are we going? Are we going to get there? Are the, does do the players have confidence in you? Is it isn't there someone better who can do your job? Those are probably the, you know, the, the key questions yeah. that the investors will be asking. So that's, I don't know, it's a, it's a really tricky one. I per, All I'm saying is I personally believe that the reaction to it is a little bit over the top, but I can understand where people are coming from. I remember my question now. Hooray! And it's got nothing to do, nothing to do with Parrish. Um, we scored three goals. Was that the shortest combined distance for three goals scored? Because I think if you added up the distance out altogether, it wouldn't have reached the edge of the six yard box. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I don't know the answer, but it's got to be, isn't it? I can't remember a game where we've scored from close to range. With three. No, uh, it's like yeah. anti-worldy, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. They all count, though. They do all count. Uh, and look, that's that's the main thing, you know. But off the back of this show, it was a it was a really positive result. It was something we desperately needed. Uh, but as Albert has pointed out. And we, we've all agreed it means nothing if we don't go to Hull and, and repeat the process, get another good performance, a nice cohesive team shape and, uh, and, and come back with three points. Because, you know, only then can we really start looking uh, up the table and, and see where far we can go without being too petrified of what might go wrong. So uh, there you go. Uh, last chance for any, any of you to add anything. You all you right, Luce? Got anything else to add? I was just going to ask... Would you take a loss next Saturday if it meant a win against Man United? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't want to gamble on that. No. Oh. But they're rubbish at the minute anyway, aren't they? So. Uh, yeah, but, but other teams around us have got a more chance of beating Hull than they have Man United, so we need to beat the teams around us. We're just beating both. Exactly. Yeah, there's a bit and, of a gap. There's a bit of a gap developing at the top from fifth downwards, isn't there? You can already see the league dividing up, can't you? Are you saying we're not going to get top four? Yeah. 
It's funny because well, I'm sure at one point Nick said we would get top four. Yeah, but that was last season when we <laughs> oh. won loads and loads of games. Okay, okay, fair before point. January. I think he right. said similar, didn't he? He said something like that the top five, are, you know, are sort of decided almost, but anything from sixth to bottom could be anybody's. <laughs> well, there we go. Anyway. Uh, there you go. That's that's a reflection on a uh, on a 3-0 victory. Uh, here's hoping we get a, a similar great result against Hull. Make sure you uh, download the uh, podcast later on if you're listening live. If you're listening to the podcast, you've already downloaded it, so don't download it again. But do well download do download the preview podcast. Uh, should be with you Thursday morning, uh, where Terence and his band of uh, I don't know presenters, <laughs> me, you. Uh, and a special mystery guest will be previewing the match Me. against Hull. That is also you, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a mystery if you tell people, is it? Um, uh, me? Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Download that on the Thursday. You've just ruined this ending. I hate you so much. Uh, thank you very much for listening and all your contact today. Uh, again next week. Cheers. See ya. Bye. To Hull. Talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homestale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code PALACE that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now what are you waiting for? terms apply over 18s only please play responsibly it's the 90th minute all your mates around You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.